So my name's uh, Richard Matthews, and I am a full-time traveler. I've been on the road for six and a half years with my wife and four kids, and we run a uh, company called Push Button Podcasts. Um, so we help small businesses um, of all different types use podcasting to help grow their companies. And so we've managed that whole company and the growth and everything on that while traveling full-time. And this last year in January of or February of 2023, um, we started working with, I started working with Master Victor to really start up-level myself so I could continue and grow the way that I, I wanted to grow my business. We started a push button podcast and we've been running that from the road. And part of my goal this last year was to really be able to step up into the leadership role as our company started growing a lot. Welcome to the Unlimited You podcast. Believing firmly in the limitless potential that resides within each individual, your host, Master Victor Almeida, a distinguished martial arts expert, is here to guide you in unlocking your inner power. Each episode offers practical knowledge, from strength training techniques to the calming practices of meditation, tailored to enhance your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Join us on this empowering journey and embrace the warrior that lies within you. here with Richard Matthews and myself. We're going to be talking about the martial arts benefits outside of training. So, you know, how does that integrate into your everyday life? And we have some, you know, firsthand accounts here. And Richard will give, be giving us some insight on how, you know, training martial arts has changed his life in many ways. And you want to say a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So my name's uh, Richard Matthews and I am a... Um, full-time traveler. I've been on the road for uh, six and a half years with my wife and four kids, and we run a uh, company called Push Button Podcasts. Um, so we help small businesses um, of all different types use podcasting to help grow their companies. Um, and so we've managed that whole um, company and the growth and everything on that while traveling full-time. And this last year in January of or February of 2023, um, we started working with, I started working with Master Victor to really start up-level myself so I could continue and grow the way that I, I wanted to grow my business. We started a push button podcast and we've been running that from the road. And part of my goal this last year was to really be able to step up into the leadership role um, as our company uh, started growing a lot. And I know part of that for me was getting in and starting to work with with you and sort of uploading, up-leveling my own personal performance. Yeah. And I, I remember when we started, you know, working together, you, you originally wanted to practice martial arts to get essentially the the physical benefits of it you know the you know being able to do more exercise with your kids and all these other things and after talking with you a lot there have been kind of unexpected results from the training that you didn't necessarily think of when you first started training would you say that's pretty accurate yeah it's really it's really accurate so like i know when we first started talking my goal was I call it fit, fit young forever. I want to be fit and young forever. That's my goal. And part of that is just like, I've got a bunch of young children, right? I've got four kids, you know, ranging from four to 14. And we travel and we adventure a lot. And I was just like, I want to be able to keep up with them as they grow into their, you know, young adulthood and young adult lives and whatnot. And, and you know, my son wants to learn to windsurf. So I want to windsurf with him. And, you know, my daughter has different things we want to do. And we're trying to travel the world. And we want to be able to like hike Machu Picchu and do all those things. And I like, I'm, I wanted to just be fit for those things. And so when we started, I wasn't even thinking this is going to benefit my life and my business and other things. I was just thinking I can use martial arts as a way to get fit 
and getting fit is, you know, it's part of my life goal anyways. So I was on, you know, I like, I know a lot of people when they talk about getting fit, they're talking about like losing weight and getting stronger and stuff like that. I was actually going the other direction. I've always been scrawny. I was like 119 pounds a couple of years ago and I've never been over that and I've never been able to put on muscle or gain weight or do any of those things. So I wanted to get bigger. I could actually, you know, have a good physique that goes along with that. And I wanted to have all of those, those benefits. And then the stuff that we're going to talk about today, a lot of it was unexpected. It wasn't part of like why I wanted to train in martial arts. It was just like benefits that started happening. Yeah. And I guess a, a good starting place for that would be uh, enhanced cognitive functions. And what I mean by that is, you know, uh, cognitive as in like your brain thoughts, brain thought patterns, and how quickly you're able to think and you know, navigate through different situations. Because through our training, you know, where you're having to, you know, exert yourself physically, but still have this kind of awareness of yourself and the things around you. And the more you train, the more exhausted you get. And it kind of forces you to really narrow down that focus into the moment. And how, how would you say that the martial arts training has enhanced that cognitive function in your everyday life? So this comes up pretty regularly in in the business world, right? And so we're constantly, especially like we're, we're the way that we're growing and everything, our company, like I said, I, I, I mentioned this before, our company grew eight and a half X last year since we started like the martial arts training to the end of the year. And that's a lot of growth to deal with. So it's a lot of clients. It's a lot of, yeah, it's a lot of speaking engagements. It's a lot of hiring people. There's a lot of, a lot of systems and processes that we're building. And, you know, it's, it's a weird sort of analogy to draw to say that like, hey, martial arts, you're focusing on like you're 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 focusing on like the movements that you're doing and you're working at a really high level. So your heart rate's high and your breath rate's high and just everything is it's like a high stress sort of um, environment to be working in. And one of the things that you teach regularly through that is like how to do the breath work and how to um, how to how to enhance your focus. So you're you're not focusing on like the stressors, but you're focusing on the actual actions that you're taking and that sort of training has bled over into the business world where despite all of the stressors that are happening and growing the business, I'm able to focus really, um, focus in really deeply on whatever it is I'm working on right now. And part of that has also been the ability to switch focus really quickly. So like, you know, my, my day, like you look at my calendar, it's like packed full from, you know, the moment I get up till the moment I, until the moment we're done, um, you know, and I have, I only do generally four hours a day of work on the business, but like those four hours are just packed and it's, it's shifting from from hiring people to working with existing clients to sales calls to messages with my team and stuff like that and then working with software and other things and so it was like i have to like shift categories regularly because you know as a ceo of a growing company i have to like take on on off different hats all the time and so part of that cognitive function is being able to keep the high level of activity and keep the focus really good and be able to switch that focus from one thing to the other rapidly and I know that this has been one of the most stressful years that I've been through from a growth standpoint, but looking back on it and actually like going through the process, it was easier than less stressful times in my business, if that makes sense, because of the additional training I had and because of just because of all the, mm. the work we've been doing on learning how to focus and handle the high levels of stress, where it's like my, my baseline for how well I handle that stress and handle that those kind of things. And I'm using I'm using the term stress like to cover both eustress and you know positive and negative stress because it's not it's not all negative stress like it's you know we're, we're doing cool things. But my baseline for what is actually hard 
has changed a lot. And so it's a lot easier to handle and deal with like all the things that I'm doing right now yeah. and just be able to keep sustained level of activity over months and months of time where I would have been burnt out from the, you know, from the lack of cognitive function, <laughs> you know, from stressing it out. And I just, I haven't been, I haven't, I haven't run into any of those yeah. where like, I know, you know, just to move it back into the training thing. I know when we first started back in like February, March timeframe, we'd go through and we'd do some of the, I think you call it hit training, like high intensity interval training. And we'd get to the end of that high intentional in interval training. And I'd be like on the mm -hmm. ground, like panting, like I'm going to die. <laughs> and, and, you know, we like this last week, we go through and do some of these things. And it's, it's like, it's not that it's gotten any easier. It's, it's not, it's not a, you know, it's the same, the same level of work that we were doing before, but my capability of handling it, you get to the end of them and it's like, we could do that again. Right. And that's that same level of like, you're just yeah. able to perform better because you are leveling up your baseline absolutely the, the that limit not only cognitively but physically has increased so you're able to kind of squeeze more out of your time and maximize that four hours that you, you are working in a day essentially and you know you kind of mentioned the improved concentration and focus that you've seen where you know th there has been new stressors introduced into the workday and you know you're you're training and being confronted with these different new stressors as well in in our training you know through doing burpees these massive amounts of kicks push-ups squats the yeah. very intense exercise and yesterday was all you know that day. learning how to <laughs> yes <laughs> you know and, and like that that essentially gets you to like calm down in those states where it's you know some people might be out of breath completely where now you've learned to essentially establish a lower baseline of, you know, keeping that heart rate lower, breathing better. And, you know, how would you say that like your concentration and focus has increased outside of the dojang? So that's been a, that's been a really interesting transition for me is, is the, your ability to shift focus as I think is where I have noticed the biggest benefit. And, and I'm not sure exactly what has caused that. I have theories, but the, the ability to go from a sales call to a podcast recording, to an interview with a new staff member, to, you know, a, a, a call with a client who's upset about something. And like, those are all very different, like interactions that we, you know, that I have, and they'll be like oh, one after the other, back to back to back and be able to shift from, from one area to the next is it's a, it's a whole different like set of focus that you have to like bring to the table. And there is a marked improvement that I have seen in myself to just be able to, to switch gears. And it was something that I started noticing probably mm. two or three months into the training where I'm like, man, I'm finding that I don't need nearly as much like decompression time between changing gears, if that makes sense you know, where, where, and I do, I do try to always have like yeah. a 15 minute, like decompression time from one type of meeting to another. So I have the time to like shift to those things, but I've noticed that I don't, I don't really need it anymore. It's good to have, and it's good to have the habits and the practice of having like decompression time, but I can, I can shift gears almost immediately. And that's where I saw the biggest shift was that ability to just like, okay, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And then importantly, being able to turn it off at the end of the day, so I can go hang out with my fa my family and we can go adventure and we can go play and we can go cook dinner mm -hmm. and we can play games and stuff, be able to just shut work off. Whereas I, 
I know if I go back over the last couple of years, one of the things I struggled with a lot was end of the workday is over, but my mind is still just tied up in all the things that are happening at work. And I can't, takes me like, it used to take me a couple of hours to get out of that. And now I can just shut it off and immediately shift gears. And like I said, I don't even know why that would be like what, what in the training causes that, but that's the biggest shift that I've noticed. Yeah. And the, the way that I look at it, at least, is, you know, through, through the training, you're, you're causing the mind to really focus on what you're doing. You know, when you're doing that front kick, that roundhouse kick, you're taking all of that chatter out of your mind and you're, you're forcing it to focus on a specific movement. And that brings presence and immediacy to the moment, right? So you're, you're essentially taking in more information of what's going on now and you're able to be here more present. And what at least I've experienced and I feel like you have as well is, you know, that applies to other things that we do where, you know, we're able to absorb more information and really be able to navigate these different moments more accurately, more present, rather than being, you know, in our heads worrying about the chatter that's going on. It becomes more of a, a flow rather than kind of like a struggle. And that immediacy I guess, translates to concentration and focus where, you know, you're, you're not worrying about what you're thinking about. You're not worrying about what's going to happen. You're here in the moment taking care of what needs to be done. Yeah. Does that yeah. sound pretty accurate? It does. It's that uh, performance state. You're, you're able to take yourself into and out of the performance state really quickly. I think some people might also call it like the flow state or something like that. There's, I think there's different names for it, but the idea is that you're just, you know, in your areas of expertise, you're able to just like drop into them and perform really, really well. And so uh, it's like you're, you're with the training that we do. We do train four days a week that we're, you know, I'm building all those pathways in your brain to like just to be good at it. And anyways, that's that's been very helpful. And uh, something you mentioned earlier was, you know, with this the sudden growth in the business, there there's stress that comes with it, you know, negative and positive. But, you know, through my personal martial arts training, I've noticed that the days I train, especially, I feel a lot less stressed out. I, I create a channel to exert any kind of stagnant energy I've built up in my body, any emotions get kind of essentially channeled into the training. Every kick I do, I become about the kick and it releases the stagnation, this you know stale energy that I've built up and it creates a funnel for that stress do you say would you say that you know you felt that as well where you know doing the training has helped you kind of release any of that stress that you've been experiencing yeah so i i probably look at it a little bit opposite where i'm like i I don't necessarily look at it as a like this is where i'm going to go and release my stress and i realize that like the way i look at it i'm like i'm going i i look forward to the training because i know like I need it kind of thing. And the stress gets released and those kind of things and it, and it does happen. Mm-hmm. But I know like the days when we don't train, I know we do our, our, like our rest days by the time, like Monday rolls around, I'm like, man, I need to get out and do these things again. I've started to realize that there's a, there's a portion of the training where you're like, when you really push yourself hard physically, it helps, you know, like my, my job is not a physically demanding job, right? Yeah. You know, to, to, we're, we're keyboard warriors, right? We are working on a, in a digital business doing audio and video <laughs> stuff. And like we, we click buttons on a keyboard and make lights happen on a screen, right? Like we're not digging trenches or doing battles or any of those kind of things. It's a very 
you know, for lack of a better word, it's a sedentary type type business. And so like, while there's a lot of activity and there's a lot of stress there, you know, again, both positive and negative, it's all very stationary and very like, to your point, it's, it's almost like a stagnant kind of, kind of stuff. So it's all, it's all up in your head. And so getting to, to move and push yourself mm-hmm. beyond your limits, like, we adventure all the time. We regularly do things like windsurfing and hiking and all that kind of stuff. But that's a, it's a when it happens kind of thing. But to have the training be a thing that you're doing on a regular basis, we do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's become a part of like, I, I don't even know what you'd call it. It's like a health, a health benefit of, of just, it gets you moving and it gets everything moved and cleared out and you just feel better and you feel like you're ready to show up for the day. And you're, and I know we've, we've done a couple of different things like as we, as you know, cause we both travel the time has changed a little bit, you know, from, you know, morning or the afternoon or in the evening or whenever we do the training. And I've noticed like, for me, the best time seems to be like in the morning, if I start my day off that way, and it's like, I'm like a clear slate and like you're a clear mind and a clear body. And you're just, you can just show up and crush it. But even yes. when we do midday or the evening, it's the same kind of thing. And they, the benefits sort of like last for a good long time. And I know, you know, we take a break here and there for holidays, something like that. And I'm like, man, you, you miss it. And you miss the, miss the showing up, which is which is weird because when I first started and it was like, you get to the end mm-hmm. of the training thing and you're laying on the ground, puffing, huffing and puffing going like, I, what am I doing to myself? But you get to the point where you're like, you, you start to see the benefits of it. And you're like, I, I need more of that. And I still like in my head, you tell us that sometimes you do like five hours of training and yes. I'm like, that still seems very intense to me, but I can see how you would get there because of the, the benefits yeah. you see from it. You're like, nope, this, this, yeah makes everything else better exactly and you know i feel like you and zachary are to the point where you know you could do an hour and a half or two hours very easily at the the way you guys are training now and you know my own personal experience in that when i was teaching in uh, clinton maryland i was running a school and before i would go in to actually teach you know i'd have to teach like 50 kids per class and the days I would actually exercise before going in, my coworkers would be like, hey, oh, I can see you worked out today. I'd become in like a lot more cheerful, more energy versus the days, you know, where maybe I had to do paperwork or I was, you know, busy and I wasn't able to get to the gym. Like they could see that difference. And, you know, the, the more you do it, the more, like you said, you want to do it. You start to correlate that benefit to the exercise and it becomes something that, you know, really benefits you outside of just the training. You carry it with you throughout the whole day. Yeah. And, you know, that kind of As brings us into like improving the productivity, and the resilience, you know? Yeah. So go ahead. I, said, I have I have something like a, a metaphor for people. If you ever heard of, you know, I'm, I'm sure people have heard of things that are like an acquired taste, like coffee is an acquired taste or beer is an acquired taste. And what's interesting about things that are acquired tastes, so to speak, is your body actually <laughs> develops like it, it responds to it responds to things and so like one of the things i found really interesting is like broccoli for instance if you don't like the flavor of broccoli like if you continue to eat broccoli your body will start to recognize the the all the nutritional benefits it's getting from eating the broccoli and it'll start to adjust the way that you interpret the flavor of broccoli mm. and to like it more and more and more and so like if you've talked to nutritionists or dietitians mm. about this kind of stuff you'll say like if you eat more of the things that are good for you, your body will start to recognize the nutritional benefits and then start making it seem better to you. And so the more you eat something that maybe you don't like, you'll start to acquire the taste. And what I've noticed is like the training is the same kind of thing where like when you first do it, your body's like, 
why are you doing this to me? <laughs> this is not pleasant. I don't like it. But as you start to get all the benefits from it, right? Yeah. You start to get the mental benefits and the sleep benefits and the health benefits and like the just all the things that we're going to talk about through this through this show. You start to like your body starts to like change the way that you feel about the training. Where instead of being like, oh, we're going to train today and it's going to be painful and whatnot, you're you're like, yes. I'm really looking forward to it. And then you get to the point where you're like, not only do you look forward to it, you're like, I need this. Like I have to do more of this. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, I've experienced kind of the opposite in a sense where, you know, I've started eating those good foods and I felt that effect. And then what's also happened is the foods that weren't good for me, like let's say fried foods, I've started to, you know, get a smell of that. And I don't want to eat that because my brain has correlated that to being not good for me. So where, you know, the more good things you do, you start to kind of wean off the bad things and it becomes kind of a, a funnel for all, all the goodness in a sense. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, through our training, you know, the, the more you get into it, the harder it's, it's been getting. We've been introducing more intense exercises, more difficult kicks, getting deeper into the calisthenics. And in, in a sense, we're kind of increasing the productivity of our training. Your body's becoming more efficient at doing these things. Would you say that has also transitioned into your everyday life where you felt more productive when you are working and through the difficult situations of your workday, you've been since essentially more resilient through those difficult moments? Yeah, absolutely. And so I know I mentioned earlier, like one of our, my things is like, I, you know, I only work in my, my work day is four hours a day, four days a week. And which is kind of a, a crazy thing. I'm going to be, I'm being invaded by my ferret. He thinks he should come and join our, this is Hercules. I'm going to put him down over there. But during the, the work day, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really interesting. Like not a lot of people, especially in the business world, we put in a lot of time and we use time as a way to, to like put a bandaid over like poor processes or poor, you know, poor execution of, of things. And <clears throat> I started putting in a limit on like how much time I actually wanted to put into work, which when you do that, when you say like, Hey, I'm only going to put in four hours of work today and you keep the same goal of, I want to grow my company then the only lever you have to pull is your execution, right? Because you're like, I can't just add more time to my day. Otherwise, I'm spending all my time working and not any of the time doing the things that like I actually want to do, which is like, you know, I mentioned earlier, windsurf with my kids or they're going through art classes right now and I take art classes with them and we play board games and we travel and we adventure and all that kind of stuff. Like I want to have that time with my family outside of work, but I still want to grow my company. And so if, you know, like we mentioned earlier, we eight and a half X our company in 2023. And I was pretty stringent. Like I only worked four hours a day, four days a week doing that. And so the only way to continue to grow at that level and to take on all the stressors and to say yes to as many things as we did was that execution lever, right? And so that ability to show up and execute when you're, when you are working. And then, so there's, there's two parts to that execution. One is actually doing the work. And then the other one is deciding what work you should do. And that's part of that cognitive function thing where you're mm -hmm. like, okay, what are the things that I'm going to do that are going to actually move the needle? And there is, I have, my business was, was flatlined for years, right? And when I say flatline, I was like, you know, up and down between like 60 to hundred K a year or whatever, depending on, on where that, you know, where we were at, what we were doing. And my time, my time in the business would go up and down from like four hours a day to six, maybe eight hours a day, that kind of thing. But this year I really focused on restricting that amount of time and being really intentional about what we're saying yes to and those kind of things. 
And we started working and doing the, the work with the martial arts, the martial arts stuff and realizing that like it was, it helped a lot with both making sure that when I show up, I'm executing. And then when I'm deciding what to execute on, that I'm executing on things that are actually moving the needle. And I can't, I can't tell you, it's like martial arts is the reason I made mm -hmm. better decisions, but I can tell you that looking back over the last year, we made a lot of really good decisions and we made a lot of, you know, we made a lot of mistakes too, but, but dealing with all of those kinds of things, making it all happen, maybe three days out of the last year that I put more than four hours a day into my business. And those were like when I went to go speak at some events and, you know, like have a weekend of things that you have to go and speak for three or four days. But like the rest, the rest of the time, I'm like, you know, I, my, my work day is 11 to four and, you know, taking a take time out for lunch and do our workouts and whatnot. And, you know, my decompression times are there. It's about four hours and the, uh, about four hours of actual like work time and the, the martial arts training has helped with that. And I don't know, I said, I don't know why that is. I know you've talked a little bit about it's like, cause you're, you just, you have to focus when you're doing the motions and you're focusing on one of the things you tell us all the time is like, it's, it's practice doesn't make perfect practice makes permanent. And so you're always looking at how do I make this next one better than the last one? And that sort of mentality of like everything that we come into the decisions yes. that we make, like, how do I make a better decision today than I made yesterday? How do I show up better for my team today than I did yesterday? How do I respond better to the comments in our, in our group chats on this kind of things? How do I, how do I do a better job on this sales, sales presentation than I did on the last one? Right. And I'm doing like 20 sales presentations a week. So like, I get that opportunity a lot to be like, okay, how do I make this one better than the last one? And so like, when you're constantly doing that over the course of a year, it has a tremendous impact. So I don't, I know that's like a long meandering way to answer that question, but <laughs> short Absolutely. answer. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and the, the scientific approach, you know, I would say, you know, correlation doesn't necessarily mean causation and you know, you yourself have a very good work ethic and you've been doing this and kind of refined your own skills. But on top of that, the, the martial arts, the way of thinking, the, all these benefits that we're talking about kind of compound into creating a more efficient funnel that then, you know, releases kind of this latent unlocked potential. That's the way that at least I like to look at it where, you know, you, you're already doing these things. You just become better at doing them because it reinforces the brain patterns that are already there. You know, through yeah. meditation, there's studies where the more you focus on one thing, the more you bring your awareness to the moment, it starts to rewire your brain. So you reinforce the good pathways of thinking and you essentially erode the negative ones, you know, creating more efficiency, allowing you to be more present. And those have these very big effects in our life, especially when our health, right? So you know, in doing martial arts, we're, you know, increasing our heart rate, we're becoming more efficient at transferring the oxygen into a blood system, we're, you know, increasing our metabolic rate, we're doing all these health benefits, you know, personally, I haven't really gotten sick over the last, I think, eight years, other than like three times, you know, it, it becomes very rare. And when I do, I get I, I heal really fast. For example, I, you know, partially ripped my tendon on my knee. It was maybe five weeks ago. I could barely bend my knee and now I can almost do a full class again. And, you know, that comes from training so much and my body, it's used to healing and sending bloods. You know, have you yourself felt these 
health benefits and kind of resilience to getting sick and these kind of different situations I'm referring to? Yeah. So a couple of things I've noticed, I don't get sick as often. Not that I got sick a lot before, but when I do get sick, it goes faster. Like you get, get over them quickly, or it's not even that you get over them more quickly. It's that they just don't hit as hard. Right. It's like, like, you know, you get hit with the flu, yeah. you know, a couple of years ago. And it's like, you know, you want to punch, you're knocked out, you're laying on the ground, be like, I just got taken out by the flu. And like, I, I did get, I got the <laughs> seasonal flu that came through this last winter. And it definitely came and like I felt it and I was like, I could tell that I was sick, but it didn't like stop me. Like I didn't, I, I didn't even feel the need to like lay down in bed. I was just like, I was like, oh, there's the, the inconvenience of my nose is stuffier than I want it to be. Where like, you know, everyone else is getting taken out by it. So it's like, it's like they just don't hit as hard because you're more resilient than you were before. And then like on the same token, I've noticed like when I get injured and I'm, I'm super prone to injuring myself, usually like cutting myself on whatever I'm working on or you know, whatever. My, my wife teases me about it. So she's like, she's like, you know, the project hasn't been done well if you haven't bled and cussed about it. And, you know, if you accomplished <laughs> bleeding and cussing, it probably was done well. And, and so like, I'm constantly injuring myself. And I know one of the speaking events I went to, one of the guys that I've become friends with at one of the events I go to regularly, we had a, a rope climb contest and we climbed up to the top and, of you know, one of those big, tall rope things. And it was like, you know, just all shoulder, hand over hand, not even use your feet kind of thing, climb up to the top of it. And at the top, I slipped and like ripped the tip of my finger off this one here. And like the whole tip of it was just gone, bleeding everywhere. It was great. And, and I still had to like go back down the rope well with my finger, like half, half off. And I remember thinking, I was like, wow, this is going to take forever to heal. And, and it was completely healed over in like three days. Right. And like, not even a couple of weeks ago, I cut my finger. I don't remember where it was. I might even like see the scar on the summer, but I cut my finger on something and I was looking at it and I was like, oh, that's going to take a while to heal. It was gone in a day and a half. It was just healed. And I'm like, wow, it's. The, uh, the healing factor of it almost feels, you feel a little bit like Wolverine, not quite like Wolverine because you still have, you know, days or sometimes weeks depending on how bad you injured it. But it's the kind of things that I know from experience <laughs> used two or three times as long to heal. They're just healing faster. And I think part of that is because, you know, we're regularly tearing our muscles down and building it back up. So your body's just like, it's just in that mode. And so it's like, I'm already fixing things. Might as well fix that cut that you keep giving yourself yeah. over here or whatever. And, and so it, it doesn't oh, have to like spin one. up <laughs> process. Yeah. It's like, you know, anytime you start a new process, you have to like go through the onboarding, like you have to spin that thing up and it, like your body is just in that mode. You've already spun up the healing processes because you're always working out and always doing these things. So your body's like always in that mode. So it's just shortening the time from like I've injured myself to it's healed. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we can sometimes attribute this to not only increased blood flow, uh, but the more you heal, so your body's producing more white blood cells, more T cells, and it's able to get those things to the areas that need it, and it has more abundancy of it. Now, you know, they need to do a lot more studies of it, but this has kind of been a thing where, you know, athletes, people who exercise more, they have this reduced healing time because they need to essentially heal their bodies more often so they become better at it just like anything we do the more we do it the better we are at it and the more we do it yeah. the better we are at it and you know that kind of segues into you know especially recently we were kind of getting into some complex kicks combinations where we're put, we we are learning how to put different kicks together and you know when you first do it it becomes confusing like your brain stops like oh i'm not used to doing this and you know i've seen you and you both get very efficient at doing some of these kicking combinations where you don't have to think as hard, your body's reacting to it better, and you can almost essentially think faster 
and you don't get tripped up as much. Have you experienced, you know, essentially like faster thought process or it's kind of getting back into that cognitive function, but in a sense, we're, we're talking about processing speed just as in, you know, how new computers are able to process things faster. Have you experienced essentially being able to think faster, or deal with situations faster since, you know, yeah. starting your training? So the way I look at this, and it's something that I, I actually teach in the business world pretty regularly, is this idea that between stimulus and response, there's choice, right? And in, in, in our classes, the stimulus is you're saying, mm. do these combinations in this way. And then our response is we have to then go do those. <laughs> and so when you first start any process, anything that you're getting good at, the amount of time between stimulus and response is a lot of like decisions that you have to make. And and so it's it's a it's it's the process of mastery and the process of mastery is always here's the stimulus what are the decisions that i need to make and then you have the response what you actually do and and so the process of mastery is always it's always like let's spread those apart and then master each of those individual decisions and then you can compress the amount of time between stimulus and response and so like that's what we do all the time and that's what something we teach regularly in the business mm -hmm. world but one of the things that's interesting is like, just like anything else, it's a brain pathway that if you practice it regularly, your body gets better at it. Your brain gets better at it. Everything you get, you just get better at that process of mastering a thing. And so you're giving us these complex or more complex combinations. And I know like you show us some of the, the demonstrations of like where we're going to get to in a couple of years. And I'm like, man, that still seems impossible. But I know the stuff that we're doing now is more difficult than the stuff we were doing a few months ago. And we go through that same process where it's like the first couple of times you do it, you're like, oh, that's complicated. And so like, we'll do the same, the same like set of things. You'll have us rep through it like three times. And like the first time we'll stumble through it. And the second time we'll do pretty good at it. And by the time we get to the third one, we're like, oh, we've got that down. And now we can do that combination. Right. And then we can, you know, if we go do like a fourth round. It's like, it's pretty clean. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. you know, if we go back six months ago, you know, by the time we get to our fourth rep through it, we're still struggling with it. And so what you're seeing, what you're seeing is you're seeing that shrinking of time for the, that mastery thing. And what you'll, what I've noticed is that the more that we practice that muscle of mastering a new skill or a new set of skills, it just shows up everywhere else. And so when you're working on new things or you're dealing with new situations, yes. you're the same brain pathways are used, right? It's because stimulus comes in, you have the decisions that you make and then the response you have to them. And then since you're, we're regularly working on that set of brain pathways you see that you get better at all of it where it's you're much it's it's a faster ability to take the stimulus make the decisions that you know you need to make and respond to them and so you're essentially being able to to take the training of mastery that you're teaching in martial arts and then apply that same mastery training out in, in other places and you don't even have to like think about it, right? I don't have to think, oh, I'm going to apply the training from martial arts into this other thing. It's not a thing that it, it just happens yeah, because no, you're no. using the same brain pathways that you just get faster and yeah. you get better at mastering other skills because you're putting the time and effort into mastering this one set of skills and mastery translates. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the martial arts is you're essentially learning how to learn and you know, especially at a young age when kids learn how to do martial arts, they're learning how to learn everything else. And then that gets applied. They, they go, they learn fire spinning, martial arts, art, and they learn faster because they take those pathways, just like you're saying, and they're able to apply it to anything they do. They see it and then they can more easily reproduce it with their own bodies, with their own minds, 
no matter what it is, let's say it's math, art, English, you know, it, it teaches you essentially how to take information and without thinking about it, process it and then do it. So it, it reduces yeah. the amount of time it takes you to learn something. And, you know, I, I, I personally attribute it to why well, I've learned to do all the things I, I, I do. You know, I blow glass, I do martial arts, I'm a computer scientist, I do a whole bunch more things. And each one of those, it has taken me less and less time to essentially refine it because I learned martial arts at a young age and I've been able to take that knowledge, the way of learning and apply it. It's essentially the, the science of, of growth. And, you know, you'll see a lot of cultures, especially in Asia, where they teach martial arts to, to kids. You know, you go to China, you have a lot of Kung Fu. You go to Korea, everyone's learning Taekwondo. And those kids are at a very young age learning how to learn. And mm -hmm. I think it's a very important thing that maybe, you know, in the future we can integrate into our culture here in the U.S. where, you know, we're, we're teaching kids these very important tools of how you learn, which, you know, today is kind of taken for granted. Yeah. Yeah. I know one of the things that's been really and, fascinating is we're doing you know, this training through, through martial arts. We, we might be talking over each other just a little bit, but I was going to say my, my son yeah, is ahead. training with training with us. Right. So it's, it's, you know, you're teaching. You're teaching the class and it's my son and I, and I've noticed the same things with my son, with particularly with, with the learning how to learn aspects of martial arts mm. is I, you know, cause my wife and I, we homeschool. And so we get to see a lot of, a lot of what they're doing and how they're learning it. And over the course of the same last year, my son has picked up a lot of skills that are really advanced, especially for a kid his age. And so like he's, he's learned to write novels. And so he's, he's on his second novel that him and his friend are co-writing together. And he learned how to train AI boss to like specifically talk in the language that they created for, for their novels. He's learned how to, how to do like art design using one of the AI art creation tools. He's going through an art class that he just started yesterday. And like, I, I looked at his, you know, he, he's really into birds of prey. And so he's, he's always trying to draw peregrine falcons and he's, you know, they look like, child's drawings and they have forever and then like yesterday he goes through one 40 minute class and it's like it's a 25 hour class that he's going through on birds of prey and he gets through the first hour but he shows me the bird that he's drawn and it, it looks like it looks really good like it looks like a, the bird of prey that he was trying to draw and i'm like it's like he it's like his art skills went forward six years in 25 minutes and and it just blows me away how quickly he's able to pick things up and he's learning to cook and he's learning to fire spin. You've seen him do that. You're teaching him some of the bow staff fire spinning. He's learning to windsurf. He picked up windsurfing in like half the amount of time it took me to do it. And so it's like, it's like at 14 years old, he's got to the point now and he's starting to recognize it too, where he'd be like, he's like, dad, I can pick up skills really, really fast. He's like, if I want it, I can just go and get it. And that, I think it's like a, it's like a superpower that we we're giving him <laughs> um, that he can just grab skills and pick yeah. them up and it all goes right back to yeah. the whole like that fast thought process yeah exactly and like the further we get into it the the more reinforced that skill becomes where you know you get to this point in, in learning martial arts where the moves become so precise and you're forcing your brain to focus on these little tiny details and that reinforces 
you know, paying attention to the small details you would normally essentially not think about when you're watching a demonstration, for example, watching somebody draw and you, you, you see how they go about it and then you can more easily reproduce it. And that's amazing that he's able to already essentially apply that elsewhere. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. At Fair Academy, we believe every person has unlimited potential waiting to be unleashed. Join our academy and discover your inner power through disciplines like Taekwondo, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Muay Thai, martial arts weapons, and more. Our experienced instructors empower you with the skills, strength, and wisdom to become an unstoppable warrior. Train in a focused, inclusive environment where you'll progress quickly. Learn meditation, nutrition, and breathing techniques to develop a balanced body, mind, and spirit. Uncover your true potential and prepare for life's challenges at Farah Academy. Start your journey. Visit farahacademy.com today. And this kind of goes into to transition to the next topic here. You know, our martial arts, it, it really physically exerts you. And by the time you're done training, usually we're exhausted. And, you know, sometimes, not all the times, but it, it, it causes you to exert energy. You feel drained. You usually have to eat afterwards, get some protein, hydrate yourself. And then at the end of the day, when you lie down for bed, especially on training days, I personally sleep like a rock. I, I pass out and go to sleep like a little baby. Where before, when you know I wasn't training, you know I, I would sometimes stay up till like two, three in the morning, you know, looking at my phone, and not be able to go to sleep. Where you know on the days that I really push myself, I'll go to bed and within like five minutes I'm out. I don't know if you've experienced this where the quality and yeah. the speed at which you go to sleep has increased. Yeah, absolutely. So my wife could probably actually tell you all about this if you if you asked her about it. But if you go back to the last four or five years, one of the things <laughs> that I, I've been trying to figure out was how do I fix my sleep? And it's not that I had a bad time sleeping. Like I would sleep, I could always sleep like eight hours if I wanted to, but it would take me hours sometimes to fall asleep. It almost felt like I had insomnia. Right, like I go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock and then it was like three o'clock in the morning before I actually fell asleep because I couldn't get my mind to shut off. And, and I would always be like thinking through all these things. And like over the last year, you know, I've tried everything from like, you know, CBDs to like different, you know, different things that would, you know, would impact that I've tried some like different supplements to help help with sleeping. And none of it ever really had any impact. Sometimes you see a little bit of impact here or there, but you know, it does have an impact working out regularly. <laughs> it has a really big impact. And now like, I, you know, we put our kids to bed at like eight thirty, nine o'clock time at that time of night. And like, I now like if my wife and I want to hang out and like watch a TV show or do something together after the kids are going to bed, I have to like, I have to like put extra thought and effort into that. Cause I'm like, I'm tired. I want to go to bed <laughs> and I'll lay down and then I fall asleep and I sleep all night. And you know, it's, it's definitely a, it's got, it's a result of doing, of doing the training where your body is, is you've, you've used it, you've used your body and it knows and it needs the sleep. So it just falls asleep mm -hmm. and it's the same kind of thing as you start to um, as you start to to build that that falling asleep process um, even on days that you don't train you, I still am able to fall asleep better um, fall asleep faster and now I like I probably haven't seen one or two a.m. laying in bed in probably six to nine months because I sleep every day and like I you know generally it takes me you know 10 to 10 to 20 minutes to fall asleep where for yeah. 35 years before that, that wasn't the case, right? It would take me hours to fall asleep. And so it was a big, 
it's a big shift for me. And then same kind of thing, you know, I, on the other side, waking up in the morning, you, cause I'm sleeping better. I wake up more fresh, get more energy, have more of everything available to you because you're sleeping better. Yeah. And you know, so, some, something that a lot of people don't think about is also the, the breath work and meditation that for me is also really helpful when I can't sleep. I'll meditate right before I go to bed. And that helps me get into more relaxed and a calm state. If I really can't go to bed, let's say I had an emotional day, I'll do some breath work. And the breath work is really good at essentially channeling and releasing any of that stagnant emotion that you built up. And I know we've yeah. been doing not as frequently, but we definitely do some meditation and breath work in class. But, you know, for everyone listening out there, you know, if you don't, if you're not able to get that exercise in, you know, maybe meditate before you go to sleep, maybe do some breath work before you go to sleep. And that helps get your mind in that kind of state, more relaxed state, gets that chatter going away rather than having your brain constantly think. And that really helps you go to sleep a little bit faster. And that's something a lot of people don't consider where they just go to sleep. They just finish watching a TV show or they're on their phone. And next thing you know, they, they go to sleep and th their brain is still, you know, on that scrolling dopamine fix and you're you're essentially you bring that into your sleep so you have more chaotic sleep and all those things that aren't necessarily good so you know yeah. the, the exercise gets you tired physically tired yeah and oftentimes mentally as well but the the meditation and breath work really do the mind and the emotions as well so you can do a combination of those to really help to sleep so it's like, if you, if you look at it, the, the, the couple of things that I noticed, like, you know, we talked earlier about being able to switch gears better, like that improved cognitive function and focus, you know, you can switch gears more easily. So like bedtime in your body, you can just switch into bedtime mode. And so you can move more quickly into, into like that switch. That new, yeah. that new switch. So like you switch faster and you're like, boom, I, now I'm here. And then like the breath work and the meditation. And I probably don't use this as often as I can, but one of the things I have noticed when I, when I do remember to do these, cause we're still, I'm still learning all of this stuff from you is like one of the things that you do in the meditations is you have us like pay attention to everything in your body and you realize like when you're sitting there when you're not paying attention how much of your body you've got tense like you've got your abs tense you've got your arms tense you got different muscles that are just like tense because you're holding stuff there and you don't even realize it it's just the way your body is is operating and when you start to pay attention you're like you start at your feet you move up and you just sort of like relax all the muscles all the way through your body and it's one of the things that like i've learned through the meditation stuff with you is like how to actually like pay attention to everything in your body and to relax everything. And, and so like, that's really useful for falling asleep, but it's also useful mm -hmm. for a couple other things too. Like before you get on a sales call, before you get up on stage or any of the other things where it's like, I know how to breathe and I know how to relax all the things that I've got tense. And like, one of the things I noticed was like, you know, we, we regularly, like we hold our abs really tight, our, our whole core, like it'll be really tight. You're like, Oh, I can just relax all of that and relax your arms and relax your head and your, and, and just, like when you, as soon as you do that, as soon as you do that, like meditation and you do the, uh, and it, it doesn't even have to be like long, take a couple of seconds to just like scan your body and just relax everything or, and then to like breathe. And like, one of the things I noticed is like, if you're holding all your tension, mm -hmm. especially like your core, you're only breathing like halfway, right? Cause you've got all your abs tight. You're not using your diaphragm, any of those kind of things. Yeah. It's like you relax everything in a couple of seconds of meditation. And then you start a couple of deep breaths and it just changes everything, changes your ability to like move into different states or, you know, we've been talking about sleep, move into sleep, that kind of stuff. But that same moving into a different state, the meditation and the breath work helps with any time you need to do a state change. And so that's, it's been really useful. Absolutely.
And, you know, it's really underplayed, I think, for a lot of people where, you know, just taking like three big deep breaths in the middle of the day when you're stressed out, like you you think it wouldn't do anything, but it changes what you're focusing on. And we we oftentimes will hold a lot of tension in different parts of our body, and they usually relate to either something emotional or trauma that we've been through. And we, we can subconsciously hold a lot of tension. And especially if, like, if you've had an injury, like for example, I've injured my right shoulder and sometimes I'll catch myself with my right shoulder kind of inching up here and I have to consciously bring that down. And the more we are aware of releasing that tension, the, the less body pains we're going to have where you're going to experience kind of better relaxed state rather than you know having the shoulder pain all the time or having this hip pain all the time you'll be able to relax and deal with the healing part of it a lot easier and you know that's something that I feel like is not as considered you know breathing being aware of the body and then releasing that tension and how all that plays together that's a really good point you bring up I would have I would have you know I would be training I didn't um, if I didn't bring this up with the breath work, the breath work has been probably one of the biggest game changers for me. And I like, I never would have, like, if if, mm. if we go back before training and you're like, you're going to learn breath work. And I, you know, like you mentioned that was part of your, your core training philosophies is you're like, you teach martial arts as like the skeleton framework and you teach calisthenics and breath work and yoga and a few other things that you teach. And I was like, breath work was one of those things. I was like, sure, whatever. Like, like breath work is a thing that's not going to, it's not going to be useful for, for anything. I know how to breathe. Yeah. Right. Everybody knows how to breathe. And then you actually start learning how to breathe and then, <laughs> and realize that like, wow, I've been breathing wrong my whole life um, is one thing. And you start, you start to realize that like everything that you're doing, if you learn to just like <laughs> actually breathe. And one of the things like you, you've taught me is like you breathe from the bottom up, right? Like you breathe from your diaphragm up into your chest. And it's one of those things that like, you hear, you're like, I, I know people are going to listen to this podcast episode and hear me say that and be like, how is that valuable? Pro- I, you know, I, I promise you, it's one of those things, everything that I do, if I just, you know, before I get on a sales <laughs> yeah. call, before I get on with my staff, any of those things when you, know, you, you like all the way through class, it's like, don't forget to breathe. Don't forget to breathe. Remember, focus on your breathing, focus on your breathing. And, you know, that's when we're, yes. we're operating at like super <laughs> high levels, right? When you're operating, when your heart rate's 170, you're really pushing yourself, focus on your breathing. And so if you take that same lesson and you start applying it to all the other areas of your life, you know, you're cooking food, you're playing with your kids, you're showing up for your meetings, you're getting on stage and you breathe, it sets everything else like, right. Like you can Mm. focus better. Everything in your body operates better. You can, that whole cognitive function, like all the things that we've talked about, stress reduction, improved cognitive function, the health benefits, the faster thought processing. It's like, you have to breathe. If you don't breathe, (laughs) none of those things happen. And so like the breath work Mm -hmm. has been, (laughs) <laughs> it's been a game changer. I never would have admitted that to you or even known that before we started this training. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're talking about the, the breathing in the, the high performance zone. Like, I really found the importance of that because you know, I've, through my early years, I didn't used to breathe very well. I've actually fainted from not breathing while exercising. And, you know, I, I've hit my VO2 max and not breathed very well. I've gone and puked. We, we kind of spoke that the, the last episode we recorded, I think, with, with Freebird. And, you know, the, these 
things of not breathing well, you can literally suffocate yourself and you're not getting oxygen to your brain and then you can't think. So, you know, it's so underplayed where, you know, when you do breathe well, you, you get oxygen into your body, you alkalinize your blood and you release a lot of the tension. You bring the awareness to the moment. And a lot of people don't connect those two. They're like, oh, breath work. Oh, it's, it's whatever. But it's so powerful when you do it correctly. And then if you learn to integrate it, not only in your relaxed moments, but especially, especially during those high interval trainings, and it, it can let you go longer. It can let you break your limits and establish a new you know, that, maximum for yourself where you're that before is where, you on the ground passed out where it triggered that's where it where it triggered for me because it was probably three months into the training we were still mm. in florida it was like the middle of summer and it's like 95 degrees out it's super hot and i remember like you know we're doing these exercises and you know heart rate's getting up into the 170s kind of thing which is you know it's high it's a lot of effort that you're putting in and i remember i remember something clicked because you kept saying focus on your breathing focus on your breathing and i was like I don't understand what he's saying. Like I am breathing. Like that seems like I, like, I don't know why you're, not, why you're telling me that. And then it, it finally clicked one day where I was like, like, and I don't, I don't know how to describe it until you've been through it. There is a point where is if you can just put all of your, all of your attention on the breathing, then your body just does all the other things for you. Right. It's, you know, you know the, the closest analogous I can come to is like, you know, when you're ever yes. you're driving, and, you know, you, you're, you stop paying attention to your driving and then you're just like, you show up at home and you're like, oh, how did I get here? Right. Because it's all on automatic is that the focus on the breathing is a mechanic by which you can put your body into that automatic state. Right. Where you can start letting it go into, let it just do what it does. And, you know, one of my favorite movies is The Last Samurai. And I know they have the sword fighting scene where he's getting his, his rear end handed to him by the couple of kids with the swords with the wooden swords and you know the one of the master swordsmen is like too many minds too many minds he's like he's trying to tell him to fo to focus less on his thinking and so that's where like for me what you have been saying over and over again is focus on your breathing focus on your breathing is to not focus on the the action that you're doing because you know how to do the actions you've been training these things focus instead on your breathing and let your body just do what it does and that's how you get into that mastery state and then what i've noticed so yes. we started doing that is that as soon as you start doing that your heart rate starts to drop while you're doing high intensity exercise. And now like, you know, when I actually focus on my breathing right, I can keep my heart rate under 150. Whereas before it would have been at 170, 175 because I'm focusing on the breathing and your body will just do what it does, right? Because you're not, you're not focused on all of those things. Your body will just operate at peak, mm -hmm. peak efficiency. And it's like your mind is getting in the way of doing those things. And so like, it's really important in the high intensity training, but it's also, I've noticed, you can do the same thing in every other area where you have to perform, right? Like I said, wh whether that's cooking or it's playing with your kids or if it's yes. windsurfing or speaking on stage or the things that like I do regularly, the sales calls or meeting with your team, same thing. Focus on the breathing. You know how to do what you need to do. It's just going to happen, right? That's for that whole, that mastery thing. You, especially with skills that you've mastered, like if you'll just not focus on them, you can operate and peak proficiency in those areas. And for me, breathing was one of those big, those big ones. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're you're speaking about you know, lowering that heart rate and being able to increase the endurance during these really intense exercises. You know, it, it sounds like you've essentially 
increased your energy levels in a sense or the the ability to tap into latent energy have you experienced any increase in your energy levels outside of the you know the training where you know in your everyday life so I, I i tease my my wife i say there's more of me to love <laughs> right so i we actually I, I sent you probably i think i sent you a couple like last <laughs> month i did i did all of like my body measurements and whatnot and and you know i've I added like three inches to my chest over the last year and like, you know, three quarters of an inch, like all of my, my limbs, my thighs and my calves and my arms, my forearms, like I've actually been able to build muscle for the first time in my whole life. And a lot of it comes from the training. And, and so like, that is like, there's actually more of me. And so like, that's a physical representation of that is like, there's actually more, right? There's more muscle. <laughs> it's more intense. Um, and so, but that it's not just the physical part. There's also the energy part that goes with that with the more the trained muscle, the more dense muscle, the more you have more energy, you have more stamina, you have more strength. Um, and just all the way through, there's just, there's more Richard than there was before, <laughs> right? And so that goes all the way down to your, your thinking and your, you know, the cognitive building, all the things we've talked about before is like, there's just, there, I can bring more of myself to bear to any situation, right? And and the, the threshold for mm -hmm. the threshold for like when you find it stressful or when you find it like difficult changes, you've lowered it because there's just there's just more available. I think in the weight training world, I think they call it this strength to weight ratio, right? Where a lot of people are focused on things like their their yeah. maximum strength, like how much you can lift. And like what we're talking about here is like is is just how much strength you have for who you are for like your person and then like that goes to it goes to your strength it goes to your energy it goes to your focus it goes to like every every sort of like aspect of of who you are as a person there you're just there's more of you so you're increasing that strength to weight ratio right like i have more energy for for myself i have more focus available i yep. have more energy available and what that essentially does is the the level at which you can perform well is like it's lowered right so like it, it, like where, where things might be be stressful or it's like you know uh, you know i'm just like to a basic example you know four sales calls during a day is a lot of sales calls right four or five sales calls that are an hour long each kind of thing is you know it's it's a lot of work uh, mentally it's mentally draining and you know you get to point now it's like you know you do 8 12 10 15 of those in a row and it would be it would barely even like register on your energy scale right and and I've noticed that happen in the training as well. I mean, yeah. like one of the questions you ask us is like, how are you feeling? Like after we finish one of the, the hit things and, you know, we go back to early summer of 2023 and I'm like, like I'm dead. <laughs> like my arms don't work and my legs don't work and my lungs don't work anymore. And you go to like, <laughs> you know, this last week, how are you feeling at the end of those? And it's like, like we could do it again. Right. Like, like we could, we could do it. We could, you know, that's where you mentioned earlier, mm -hmm. like, you know, you're, you and your son could probably do hour and a half, half long training or two hour long trainings now, whereas like six months ago we couldn't. Right. And that's just because there's just more available. There's more strength. There's more fitness. There's more energy. There's more just there's more of everything available to you because you have built the baseline. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like we need to turn it up a little bit. <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the kind of also applies for people who are overweight. Like when I started training, I, I was pretty fat. I weighed about 240 pounds. Like I'd been training since a kid and I stopped training essentially when I started playing football and went to college and I came back 
I went back to my original school, started training under my grandmaster, and I was pretty big. And I wasn't moving very fast. My endurance level was low. And not only did I get stronger, I was able to train longer. I lost weight, I gained muscle, and I saw all of these physical benefits from my training. And, you know, even when, when I don't train, I, I exercise, I go for a run because I've seen the benefits that it has in my life and I want to keep those benefits. I essentially don't want to go back to my old lifestyle and it creates kind of like a, a beneficial way of living. And to do, hey, do these things, you'll get these benefits. So you want to keep doing them. And like you said, the more you do it, the more you want to increase doing it, the more you, you associate the benefits to those actions. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's there's the, a the there's last, a fitness yeah, aspect kind of too, and the the fitness aspect for me is like looking at like, you know, we're getting to that age in our lives where like my parents and my grandparents are starting to get into their older years, and they start dealing with the realities of not having trained their bodies throughout the course of their life, and you realize that like, you know, you have have grandparents or great grandparents or great aunts and uncles that are like struggling with, you know, the seniority of their bodies. Right. Where it's like they can't move the way that they wanted they used to. And it starts to become frustrating where like, you know, they have to have helpers come in and help them. And you realize that like that doesn't have to be you. You you are capable of being strong well into your 80s, 90s, hundreds and, you know, dying of old age kind of thing. And you realize that like it's the kind of thing that like if you're 80, you can't start this kind of training. But if you're in your 20s and 30s and 40s, you can. And if you keep up with it, you can keep it through as you as you age and that's where like my my fit young forever philosophy is is like the reason i want to do this and want to to do this work now is because if i do this work now and i just up level my my baseline health up to this point where like i'm operating at my peak you can keep that but if you if you let yourself just you know go off the cliff so to speak where you're not you're not doing the work it just gets harder and harder and harder to get fit as you age and aging is happening to all of us whether we like it or not so if you want to to if you want to stay fit and healthy you have to put in the effort for it and that's where like my my thought process is like i want to i don't want to go back to who i was before because i know if i went to back to who i was before that's one of those downward trajectories that you just continue to age and you can continue to get weaker and you get to the point where you're like i need people to help me and assist me and you know like barring some sort of disease or whatever that that hurts your your cognitive abilities or whatnot like you can keep your body physically fit and i want to you know I want to be able to do that. I want to have that kind of yeah. fitness throughout my life. And that's something that you have to, you have to put in the effort now. Yes, absolutely. And you know, that, that lets you do things like, you know, being able to go have fun with your kids and whatever they want to do, especially as they reach adulthood and, you know, go do things with your friends that, you know, maybe other people couldn't. And I guess this ties into, you know, enhance social skills and teamwork in in our training i i don't necessarily think that we directly train this now sometimes we do train partners sparring where you have two on two and but what i what i think martial arts does as, as far as like social interactions is through our breathing through you know having stressful training and like you were saying, you you know, before you go into a sales talk, before you do all these things, you you 
you do a little bit of breath work to get yourself in that moment where you're able to absorb more of what's going on and you're able to process it better. You know, have you seen these benefits or effects also in your social life and how you deal with friends, how you deal with family and other situations? Yeah. So one of the things that I think is really interesting is uh, a lot of people think that having social skills is related to whether or not you're introverted or extroverted, right? And it's like extroverts have social skills and introverts don't. And that's actually false. So the reality is, is, is when you're with people, um, an introvert can be incredibly social. Um, and then when they're with people, like the people drain them, right? Like it drains their energy. And extroverts, when they're with people, they can also be incredibly social. But when they're with people, it energizes them. And so like I'm naturally an introvert. And yet I'm a CEO of a company, which means that I'm on sales calls regularly. I'm on team calls regularly. I'm doing interviews regularly. I'm speaking on stages regularly. So like I'm always in social situations where I've got, you know, or from one to, you know, two or 300 people that I'm interacting with on a daily basis. And the, the things that I've noticed is it does still drain me. Right. So that doesn't change. It's not going to change like your baseline of like, you know, being in these social situations is an energy intensive thing for someone who's an introvert like myself. But what has changed is the things that we all the things that we've talked about, like you have more energy, you have more focus, you have more abilities, you know, like when something is stressful, like, you know, before you go to speak on stage or when you have like, you know, I go and, and speak at these events where like I'll have a table at the back and after, you know, the event, like they let out for the break, or whatever, you know, I have 30 people come over and want to talk to you about what it is that you're doing. That's those are like it's a high stress environment and just your ability to to breathe and to focus and to channel your energy into that moment makes it so that like at the end of the day the same kind of thing you're not dead right you're not dead at the you know it's like you know the hit training you get to the end of it it's like you know six months ago i'm like this 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 training and i'm tired and i'm i'm exhausted from the at the end of this training and the same kind of thing in the social situations where like the end of the day i might have been tired and exhausted and dead and now you know, at the same time i'm like i could do that again right I could go and, and do a whole nother day of this event and I would be fine. And so it's changed, changed sort of like the, uh, again, the, just the amount of Richard there is available to show up at these things. So that's one aspect of it. And then the other aspect is when you are, when you are dealing with the stresses better, you are less likely to, to make poor decisions with your communication or make poor decisions with how you respond to like negative things that come in. As like mm-hmm. like to fly off the handle or so to speak when you get mad about something going wrong or something like that you just you know you have more of that ability to i don't even know how to quite describe it like when you know one of the things that like we, we talk about social skills and teamwork is mistakes happen right we're all human and mistakes happen with our clients mistakes happen with our team members mistakes happen with communication and then those things might like directly in fact impact your bottom line or your revenue or your ability to keep a client and things like that and you realize that like there's there's aspects of learning how to train and learning how to how to breathe, learning how to have better energy, learning how to focus better. All of those things have an impact on how you show up in those situations where like before you might have. It's not that it's going to keep you from getting angry, but it's how you respond to that and how you actually show up for your team. And you realize like like, hey, you know, one of the, our core philosophies at our company is mistakes are stepping stones to success. And it's one thing to say. But it's another thing to deal with mistakes when they happen and actually implement that core value of like, okay, here's a mistake that was made. And instead of flying off the handle and getting mad at you and burning a relationship with a good team member, right, or burning a relationship with a good customer, being able to show up and be like, okay, 
where is it that our process failed here? And can we enhance our process instead? And, you know, maybe make a better checklist, or maybe make a better set of like quality review things so that this mistake either gets caught earlier in the process so it doesn't reach to the customer or that this, this mistake doesn't happen again in the future at all, which is a much better, more thought out response than why did this happen? You're dumb. Like, you know, like there's, there's different ways you can handle those things and doing the, the training, all these things that we've talked about yeah. have made it so that it is easier to show up and make good decisions that make your team stronger, that make your, your relationship with your clients stronger, that make your family stronger. Cause you have the same kind of things happen in your family with your kids, right? You know, when they, oh, I've got a toddler at home and I don't know if you've ever raised a toddler before, but they're, they're like little demons in human body form. And, and I know a couple of years ago, <laughs> a couple of years ago, my littlest one would drive me bonkers to the point where I'm like, you know, it, sometimes I want to throw her out the window <laughs> and you know, the, the, the ability to handle those stressors just goes up a lot where, you know, now I can just sit with her while she screams yeah. right, and sit with her while she's going through these things. And mm -hmm. she's learning to be human, you know, and that's like it. It's like the, the social skills and the teamwork. It's not necessarily that you like you still have to build the social skills. Martial arts isn't going to make you a social master, but the training is going to make it so that you have the like the mental capacity to handle those kind of things and to just show up and be a better version of yourself. Yeah, the, the self-control and, you know, that that's kind of one of the biggest benefits Beth work has done for me personally, where since I've started, especially the meditation that we've been doing through Ananda, it, it's allowed more space in between the emotional response and then action where I feel this emotion coming up. And now there, there's, there's like a little space in there and it's gotten bigger where I'm like, oh, I can breathe. I can look at it. I don't have to respond. And then I can handle the situation better rather than having an emotionally compromised response to a situation where it may inflate it, it may make it worse. And that's not what I want to do. So, you know, these tools, essentially we're learning tools and through the meditation, through the breath work and through the baseline of the physical exercise, providing a channel for that stress to then allow you to then handle these situations better where you're not compromised by the emotion or chat in your mind because yeah know, i'm not the best in very large group of people I'm very sensitive to what's going on so when you know lately we have been like let's say i go to a festival and there's a lot of stimulation going on i'm able to breathe i'm able to calm myself internally not get compromised not you know get in a state of chaos internally and it it makes it so that i can handle any situation with calmness rather than being influenced by it. And that I think yeah. is one of the most critical things that we as people can learn because, you know, the only thing we can control is ourselves and we can only control like what we do, what we say we, and we can't control other people. So that, that becomes very critical. Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's, it's the thing we talked about earlier, like between stimulus I and response. That was, that was like the it's... last one. Yeah, as I say, like one more thing on that is that, you know, yes. we talked earlier about the, between stimulus response, there's your choices that you have. And one of the things, because martial arts, because of what you're doing is you're, you're training that space in between, is that like now you have, now you have that space and you get to choose how much time that space is going to take, right? And so like in a social situation where, where things might stress you out or like something that happens like that, you have, you have that space in between stimulus and response. 
And now you can you can choose you can choose your choices. Yes. <laughs> right. Choose what's how you're gonna respond to those things. And it's it's really impactful in the social exactly. social skills area. And then what what's interesting is just like anything else, right? We're training to do those those kicks better and like to do the combinations better and all that stuff. Like that's that same skill set. Whereas like you're like now now that you have that space between the choices, you get to you get to start thinking like how do I want to respond in this situation? Right? How do I want to respond when a client comes to me with a problem or when a, a staff member comes in with a mistake? How do I want to have these responses happen? And you have this space to make those choices. And once you've really decided how you want to make to have those choices happen, then you can start reducing that time again, reducing the amount of, of space. And then you're training that you're training those habits of like, here's how, you know, when I'm when I'm at a festival and I'm stressed out now, instead of thinking of of I need to breathe and I need to do meditation, it'll just become automatic. And so you're you're really you're training you're training the exactly. the mastery into every one of those areas. And so you're getting to choose who you want to be and how you want to respond in any situation. And I think that's yes. that's such a it's such a big portion of like what the martial arts training sort of gives to you. It's, it's giving you that that skill set of being able to train what happens in between stimulus and response. Yes, absolutely. That's very well said. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that pretty much covers a lot of, you know, how our training influences our everyday life. I mean, it, it's it's so impactful. Like, a lot of people don't think about it. They just see, oh, I want to do some fancy kicks and learn some punches and defend myself. But you're getting so much more. You're, you're learning about yourself, learning how to interact with the world around you. And you're becoming a better human being and spreading that calmness in doing so. Is there anything else you'd like to share? If I was going to share anything else, it would be the, the biggest thing that I would, I would tell someone is hire a coach. And so what I mean by that for myself is I have tried for years to take control of my own like fitness and my fitness journey. And, you know, I, I didn't realize my fitness journey would include all these other benefits that we talked about. But when I first started, I was like, I could I could do a lot of this myself. I can work out on my own and I can I can do like I can learn these things. And I realized last year sometime it would have been actually it was probably before last year because i had started looking for someone to hire before you and i managed to hook up and i was i was like i need to find someone to just who is willing to push me and so for my for my own my own like world i know i had tried already for years and tried different things and i had hired different people for different things and i realized that like what i need is i need someone who was going to show up with me and push me and so it's like some of the benefits I see from that is like, one, our training is on my calendar, right? And and I don't put it there. You do. <laughs> you put it on my calendar and it shows up and I'm like, it's so my my coach puts our training time <laughs> on our calendar. And that's like, that's as, as a busy entrepreneur who is trying to perform and grow a company the way that I'm growing, having someone who is like, hey, it's time for our training time. Here's, and, and, and I just have to show up for it. So I don't have to show up for it. I could not show up. But then like that would impact our relationship negatively. Right. If I don't show up for the things that we've agreed to. So like there's there's some social there's there's like built in social pressure to having a coach that you've hired to force you to show up. So there's like that aspect of it. So one, it means that I'm actually doing it regularly when I'm doing it myself. You know how easy it is to be like, eh, I don't want to work out today. Right. I don't want to show up and do this, especially if you haven't built the habits and seen all the benefits mm -hmm. from it yet. Right. Because that takes months to get to all those benefits. It's really easy to just be like, no, that's hard. I don't want to do it. Yeah. But we have that social benefit of of. 
I'm paying you. So we have a paying relationship. And there's the social aspect of like, I've said I would be here. So if I don't show up, I'm lowering my integrity, both in your eyes and mine, right? And so it has a negative thing there. So it's actually, it becomes a way for me to make showing up and doing what I know I need to do an easier decision to say yes to. So there's that aspect of it. And then there's the second aspect of it, which I didn't realize until we started training. And that is how much more I am willing to put on the table when you push me and say, you've got more, right? Whereas if I was doing it myself, Mm. I wouldn't hold the stretches Mm. as long. Mm. I wouldn't put the kicks as higher, as high. I wouldn't push as much Mm. weight on like, I wouldn't push myself as far because I don't, like I have my own preconceived notions of what my limits are. And like, and I've seen that anyone who's tried to practice on their own probably sees that themselves as well. And so part of the other really big benefit to hiring a coach is you push me, right? You're like, you've got more in the tank. You can put that kick higher. You can do another set of, of pushups. You can do more than you think you can do because you don't have the same preconceived notions about my limits that I do. And so because you're always finding where my limits are and pushing mm. them just a little bit farther and just a little bit farther, and just a little bit farther, that's part of the reason why we've had so much growth and progress <laughs> in the training, but also seeing all that growth and progress in the other areas yeah. of our life is because having a coach is someone who's pushing you a little bit further than you would push yourself. And it changes your own baseline. And it's not something you can do for yourself. And so if I was going to give anyone a last sort of thought, it's hire someone like Victor (laughs) to help you push your past your own limits and pay them and pay them well and get them (laughs) on your calendar and turn it into something that you just can't say no to because it's worth it. The benefits, all these things that we talked about, it's worth it. And in the case of someone like me, who's operating a company, like this impacts my bottom line directly. And so it's a worthwhile investment in yourself and a worthwhile investment in your business. And and to kind of add on to that, make sure, you know, there's all these trainers out there and, you know, someone who's going to push you well knows what that limit looks like. So they, they know, you know, how you kick your body stands when you're kicking what you look like at the limit of your push up and how much more you can give so that you can do it safely because you know you can get hurt by pushing yourself past the limit in the wrong ways and you know through working with you you know the first few classes you know we 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 did some exercises just to kind of get a feeling for where you're at and as i started to see you being able to handle these different situations i was like okay yeah he can push a little bit more and it, it takes a certain awareness of being able to see where you're at and then seeing, oh, you know, he can, he can go a little bit further. So doing, pushing that limit safely and, and creating a safe environment where you know that you're being taken care of in a safe way and guided correctly. And I think that's also really important in, in training because there's a lot of martial arts teachers and, and coaches out there who don't do it in a safe way and then people get hurt. And that's something that I really try to avoid is injury and injury prevention, because that's only going to you know, make things worse. So I just want to highlight that important fact. Yeah. The, I don't know if you wanted to share that, that I want to point out metrics. My, my shameless, yeah, I was like, I want to do one more shameless plug just for, for Victor and for fair Academy. And that's one of the things that um, has really been <laughs> beneficial to me is that you don't just have us do the workouts, right? And the workouts are great. And I'm, I'm, I love that we're doing the workouts and what you're doing, but you're also, you're also 
it's obvious to me that you're continuing your own education in the areas that you are you are coaching us in and you are educating us on things like how our muscles work and how they connect together and how this exercise fits in here and how the stretching fits in with what we're doing and how the breath work fits into all this and and you have a comprehensive sort of like understanding of the human body and where we're at and like and and how to modify things for my son who's a young teenager or or me who you know I'm you know well past puberty right I know like I have different limits than my 14 year old son does and the way that you are able to just understand those and help push us at different levels um, and educate us through through all of those processes I've learned a lot about my body and how it works and like just understanding like my muscles and stuff like that all the way to the point of like I had a friend of mine who was like my I started working out and like I'm having this problem with my my back and it hurts really bad now and it's like and I was like have you done any of the antagonist muscle workouts? Um, it's like, or are you just working out the one side? Because if you don't work out the antagonist muscles, like you'll start pulling yourself forward or whatever. And it was like things that I wouldn't have known until you started teaching me about them. Um, and so he he started looking into that himself and he started doing the antagonist workouts for for the muscles that he was working on. He was like, that it, it changed the game. And it's like, it's, it's little things like that, that when you find a good trainer um, who really understands is really looking at him, making their craft better. Um, that's where um, I think having someone like you has really changed the game for, for someone like me. And then to your last point, the, uh, the actual stats, um, for our company, our company growth, um, we were did, uh, I'll, I'll pull up the screenshots. I'll put it, we can put them in the edit for this, this episode, but, uh, January, uh, not January, um, December of 2022, we did uh, $5,000 in revenue for Bush button podcasts and December, 2023, um, we did, $43,250 in revenue, um, which is about eight, eight and a, a little less than eight and a half X uh, revenue growth year over year. Um, and if we include the first week of January, um, that number is actually, um, it's, it's like, it's a little closer to 50,000, so which is like nine and a half X. So it's almost, almost a 10 X growth in a, in just over a year time frame. Um, and that 10 X growth is like I said, we, you know, correlation causation kind of thing. It's not a hundred percent because of martial arts, but martial arts was one of the things that if I hadn't done it, if I hadn't been putting in this effort, I don't think I would have been able to manage the growth. Right. I don't think I, there would have been enough of me available to handle that. Mm. Um, and so like mm. one of the other things that I was doing last year is a good friend of mine was like, Hey, if you want to grow your company, uh, you know, he's added billions of dollars to like the bottom line of companies that you work with. So like, I listened to him regularly. He was like, say yes, um, until it hurts. And then he's like, and then fix the pain. And so like part of that process of growing was just saying <laughs> yes to a lot of things. And so, um, you know, in, mm. I, I don't want people who are watching this who didn't mm. take that the wrong way. It's like, you have to learn how to say no first before you can say yes. And I'd gotten to that point. I already knew what to say no to in a business. And so once I learned that, then I was able to start saying yes to more yeah. things. And the amount of things yeah. that yes to last year was, it was a lot, um, a lot of different things in a lot of different areas and a lot of different things that really helped grow the company. Um, but I couldn't have said yes to all of those things if I didn't have the energy and the cognitive function and the ability to handle myself the way that I, I would, because I would, I would have run out of steam, right? I would have run out of like energy to do all those kind of things. Mm. And like one of the metaphors mm. that I use regularly and like the whole work-life balance thing is like people think of work-life balance of like, hey, you have to have, you know, to even out the scales. And I've always hated that metaphor because I think it's more akin to like a rubber band where, you know, you can <laughs> stretch the rubber band. Um, and if yeah. you want forward momentum, though, if you want forward momentum, you have to let go of the rubber band. You have to go back to the relaxed state. That's how you move forward. And so you have to be able to stretch and release and stretch and release. Mm. And 
when you see that mirrored in the training where you have your training days and you have your rest days, your training days and your rest days, so you see that. But also the amount of work that we put in has really helped grow the amount that we can stretch the rubber band and the length of time that you can keep the rubber band stretched for, right? So I can operate at peak efficiency yes. at, at like the top of my game for a much longer period of time. Um, and that was something that, that really impacted our ability to grow as much as we did is, uh, is a big ability to hold that, that stretched period and to work at a high, a high rate for a longer period of time. I wouldn't have had that ability if it wasn't for the martial arts. So while it's not the only thing that led to the growth, it's one of the things that enabled us to be able to say yes to what we said yes to, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And that rubber band and now of using that for your muscles, you know, if you, if you don't use them, you don't stretch them, it becomes crusty and then you can't even stretch it and it breaks. So, you know, the more that you work it out, the longer you can stretch. And then like you're saying, the more you can use that and it becomes more flexible. Absolutely. Very well put. Yeah. 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 I, I think that pretty much covers everything. And if, if you all want to, you know, look into our training, you can go to fairacademy.com slash you to find out more information. Make sure to subscribe, follow the podcast, and we'll be going in depth into a lot more of the training, like speed, flow state, and how to improve accuracy in the next few episodes. So make sure to follow along and we'll see you all in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for having me here, Victor. Thank you for joining Victor and Andy on The Unlimited You. Make sure to visit our website, www.faraacademy.com, where you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. If you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.